Welcome to What the Fox, Empowering Women. Welcome to What the Fox, Empowerment for Women. Today we are going to have a special guest and through that special guest, then you will get to learn a little bit about music, women, and um, being able to make a business as a creator. Um, We are going to be talking with Hannah Judson. And in the description of the post, then I will share all of her different links that um, she refers to as far as YouTube, Spotify, and um, being able to purchase her records. Um, So I hope you enjoy. Okay, and now we are recording, and today we are welcoming Hannah Judson, and Hannah has had quite an experience in her life of going from being in the U.S. and now living over in France, and so that's pretty awesome in itself, Um, and so Hannah, tell us a little bit about you. Well, thanks for having me on your show today. Um, So I am... um, I'm a singer songwriter and an entrepreneur and many other things like all women. I have, I wear many hats, I play many roles. Um, so I always have a hard time talking about, about one thing or one, one channel, one, one particular project that I'm working on. Um, so I'll, so I'll try to keep it focused, but, um, I do live in France. I live just outside of Paris and I've been here for about 15 years. Um, before that, previous to this, I was living in Chicago. And while I was in Chicago, I um, picked up an electric guitar. Uh, one of the first days I was in Chicago, I got an electric guitar at a pawn shop and I got a little amp and I plugged it in. I had already played guitar. I'd studied a little bit of classical, Spanish classical guitar, and I had played guitar for a few years. But I got my electric guitar and I just started writing songs on, on it and immediately I put a little band together. And my first band was called Salt Lick. And I just, since that, and that was years ago, but since Salt Lick, I have always had a project or a band um, around the songs that I'm writing. So I am a songwriter and, um, and I have been for a long time. At this point, I've written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs. I've forgotten most of them. I usually only know the songs that, that on my current set list. But um, so I was in Chicago for many years and had, my, had a couple children there. And I made a decision at a certain point that I just didn't want to raise them there in the city and in, in America, really. And so we moved to France just as an experiment to see if we could do it. And we brought our little kids over here and put, enrolled them in school. And I was working. I brought my work with me. But one thing that I didn't bring with me was my band or my community. And so when we moved here, I was really starting over 100%. I'd sold most of my equipment. I had really made a decision to move forward with my life. And I figured that music would not have much to do with my life in France. I just wasn't thinking that it would translate to this new environment we were in. But what happened was I, after we'd been here about six months, I took out my guitar and started strumming it again. And it was almost like I really had to start from the beginning. And I just, every day at a certain point in the day, I would take out my guitar and I just started writing these songs again. And I wrote a bunch of songs 
And with that batch of songs, I recorded them on my laptop, which I, I wasn't expert in, but I made these little demos. And I started playing at little bars and little theaters and clubs in Paris without knowing anybody. So I had to really rebuild a whole network, figure out how to do all of this in French, get gigs, get moving. But I just decided that's what I do. And, and just because it's difficult doesn't mean I'm, I'm not going to keep doing it. So in that first round of going, going around Paris, going into you know, venues that, where I knew nobody, I had zero contacts, it was extremely difficult to get people to follow me when I was struggling in the language and struggling um, you know, just, just in, with the whole thing. It's a completely different scene than in Chicago, which is super music friendly, very easy to get gigs, very easy to play out. It's super cold winters, but very warm venues. I will say that there's a lot of places to play and all, things always happening. Paris has a very different scene. You have to knock many times on, on doors to get anywhere, but that's just, a, that's just part of making the sale um, in, terms of, in terms of getting gigs, booking yourself. So through that whole first foray into a new city, new language, new culture, um, with no contacts, I started to meet people and eventually I met a producer who liked my songs and we put a, we started working together and we put a series of shows together at better venues and we put a record together, Underbelly. So my, my record Underbelly, which is on Spotify, was, um, it wasn't the first record I had done, but it was sort of the first record I had done in phase two, <laughs> in the in second part of my life second phase right so since I've, I've been in France I've gone through all sorts of different um, creative uh, periods or ex experimenting with different things and at a certain point I decided that I didn't want to play my music in France anymore that it's just it's not my scene actually that there are other places in Europe that are more music friendly like the UK like Germany Holland there are other countries to go to so I started doing little mini tours into those more music friendly countries I hope there's no French people offended by what I just said, but I think a lot of people would agree with me. It's, it's just a different scene yeah. for the kind of music that I play, which is, which is um, indie folk rock. And, um, and especially when I'm traveling alone, it's very singer-songwriter-y, and I think that there's just other, other markets that are better for what I do. Um, and so, uh, yeah, along those lines, I, I find, so what I do is quite creative, and I think that music in France is actually quite derivative, but they're always, that they, I, I probably shouldn't be saying this on a broadcast here, but <laughs> it seems like they do, they do look to the UK, they look to the US to see what other people are doing, and then they aim for that, mm. and I'm from a, a culture where when you're doing something creative, you definitely know what's going on, you know who your inspiration is. Who your inspirations are mm -hmm. and you work you work with that but you do something new it's a different process um and i think that sometimes it, I, I think that french people don't understand the music scene in the u.s like they don't understand seattle or chicago or new york they, that these different cities have very unique and interesting vibrant living music scenes anyway um that's another story they do love jazz here which is like, that's, which is great. But, um, <laughs> but what I was saying, oh, so then I decided that I wanted to play more outside of France. So then I, I started doing tours on the West coast of the U S that first time I did that was in 2017 from San Diego to Seattle, <laughs> driving myself up in a rental car, stopping in different places, 
which which I did alone and which was super, was a total adventure for me. I booked the whole tour, I organized the whole thing, and I, I drove and myself obviously. And I just I'd never done anything like that before, and I was really pretty proud of myself that I was able to do that. And I just uh, have proceeded every year. I do ask a little bit more of myself to do something I haven't done before and just sort of push my own boundaries. And my, my family is mostly on the East Coast. And so I also try to do little tours on the East Coast so I can just hit up all my family and friends from New York to Maine, Vermont, and around, around those places. So, so I've been doing that too. And this year, 2020, I had all these things planned. And I, like everybody, everything sort of got up, you know, you, you, the to-do list got very quiet and short. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of, I mean, the, there's all these, of course, things to do, but, but just in terms of planning and goal setting and dreams and everything. So this year I just took, I just took booking my tour off the list. I, I had a bunch of things. I got, had some festivals and some things in the UK that I was going to put, design little mini tours around, but all of that's really on hold for sure. Um, one of the things that I had started working on this year was Muse Fest, which is a festival that I founded with a friend of mine in London, which the, the focus of Muse Festival is to amplify excellent women in music and film. And we produced two Muse Fests, one in London and one in Paris, where we were going to do a third one in Los Angeles this summer. Um, and we had embedded Muse Fest within the Los Angeles Fashion Festival, um, which was this great opportunity to promote women in music, which I think is really important um, because, because women in music are often not promoted in exactly uh, appropriate ways and, and or sometimes are completely a footnote. Um, that's just what happens. That's just been, been, has, has up till now been the nature of the industry that women have been highly excluded. Um, even though there's many, many examples of, well, you can point to, you know, Bonnie Raitt, and you can point to Beyonce or whatever, but, you know, the, the music industry has, has excluded women. Um, and that's ridiculous because so many women are excellent musicians, you know, and excellent composers and are doing really important vital work that, that reflect what's going on in society now and have really important things to say. So it's like worth making sure that they get heard. And I just think it's really interesting that, that women's voices don't get heard as much as male voices. I find that really, really weird. And I'll even, I have one more thing to say about that. Recently, I, I was listening to John Prine, who died um, during this thing we're in, this COVID-19, which is really sad. So John Prine, an incredibly important songwriter and presence in the music scene, he's written so many songs. Everybody in America knows something that he has written. But I was listening to a duet um, with Bonnie Raitt of, of Angel from Montgomery. I don't know if you know that song, but it's, it's a beautiful song. And he does a beautiful version. It's a song that they've sung together for years. And Bonnie Raitt is singing the song from the perspective of an old woman who's talking about having lived a life that was not fulfilled, because, that, that, that was without a passion and that, that did experience loss. And she's looking back on her life because there was a moment where she did experience passion when she was younger and it just didn't translate to the story of her life, but she knew that there's passion there and she feels that passion and that, that 
emotions still. So it's a really potent song, this, this idea of that your life can go by without living what you really want. So it's an amazing song. I hauled that out. I started playing it on my guitar. I was listening to it. And then I realized it's a very popular song. Many people have done versions of it. And there's an, a band, I won't name names, but it's, the, it's a band of all these guys. And they did a version of that song. And I'm like, that's kind of weird because it's definitely a, an old woman is singing the song. And they changed the lyrics to be like, I'm, I am an old man. And they translated the, the genders, but it doesn't make any sense because it doesn't, it, it, they complete, and then they sang it as a hard rock song. And I'm like, that's not worth listening to because that's not, that's not where the emotional potence is. Anyway, <laughs> that's sort of a side story. <laughs> but, um, but I think women do have songs and do have stories absolutely worth listening to. And, uh, you know, something that I'm working on in my life is to try to find venue, venues, try to find avenues for promoting women whose songs are telling really important not just stories, but people who are saying things about our lives, about the way we live, about things that are important to us, you know, a reflection, a reflection of our culture, a reflection of what's happening here and now, you know, anyway. So Muse Fest, I'm going to do another Muse Fest in the future. I just don't know when. Well, and as far as the coronavirus and trying to transition and stuff, um, have you been able to do anything musical while this is going on? Yeah, so, um, Last year, I recorded a record in Sacramento, California with Banjo Bones and a few other people at, at Boneyard Records. And um, I released the record in March of this year. And so I've been doing activities around promoting this record. So I've done um, a, a fair number of live streams um, with, with different magazines and uh, different events. I actually, a friend of mine in New York um, founded an event, Left Bank Magazine Live. She, she, uh, yeah, the event was Left Bank Live, and she designed eight days of music and culture live um, on YouTube, and I was part of that festival, which was very cool. Um, awesome. Yeah, it was really neat. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of activity. Um, I have a few times, just as I was practicing, just turned on uh, YouTube, um, Facebook Live or, or one of the or YouTube Live and just sort of played a few songs and that that with, without it being a concert or anything just being like hey I'm here and these are the things I'm working on and that's been more interesting than actually promoting a concert I've also promoted a few concerts on my page but everybody's doing that but actually just showing up people will pop in like oh what's this and so I've had actually more fun with just spontaneous just turning it on and um, performing. Yeah, that's kind of like whenever a lot of the business people and stuff are going live and they're just there to give back and they're there to just kind of make sure that, you know, check in on people, make sure that you know that you're still alive and that things yeah. are still going on and the world does still exist. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it does get a little isolated and stuff. Um, so we had talked a little bit about left brain, right brain um, before mm -hmm. we went live. Um, what kind of tips and stuff would you say as far as a creative trying to create their business um, and yeah. move forward? Yeah, that's a, that is such a good question um, about creative people who, who are doing their thing and you know, doing it with passion and doing it for, for very honest and pure reasons. You're doing your thing and at, at some point you do have to put some kind of structure around your creativity. 
if if you want to it's not just monetizing it but it's about being professional professionalizing it and there are, there are so many people who will tell you what to do as far as being a, a musician there's so many people out there telling musicians what to do you need to sign up for this you need to pay for that you need to be part of this organization and it's extremely confusing because there's so much information out there it doesn't all apply to you and some of it's good and some of it's not and there are a lot of people selling services, selling platforms, selling tools to musicians. Um, uh, and you have to sort through a lot of technology to decide what you, what you need to use and what you do not need to use. So I think that it's a really good idea to have a, a, a role model, somebody whose who's business model, which you might not understand completely, you don't have access to the whole business model, but somebody whose career is really appealing to you and to think about how they, the, the choices that they've made and to try to understand the reason for the choices they've made. And I'll say, for example, um, I am a fan of Annie DeFranco. I don't know if you know her, um, but she is, she is an in, indie folk rock songwriter and performer who has been on the scene for, for many decades now. And she is not only excellent in her craft, her songs are really interesting. She's a very potent performer, but she has remained independent throughout her career. I really admire her independence and I admire decisions she's made. And I'm not saying that I'm modeling my whole business on her, but I do from time to time think back to the way that she made her, her business grow. Um, all on her own steam, um, through touring, through being communicative with her audience, through being genuine with her craft, and for famously never selling out. So, um, but, but that's just, and that's just one example. There are, there are other um, women in music whose, whose careers I really admire. There are men in music also whose careers I really admire, but I'm very interested in people who are working outside of the major label system and um, figuring out other formats that work for them. When I lived in Chicago, the big the the big thing was about getting signed. There was a signing friend, uh, getting signed to a record label. There was a, a frenzy, a signing frenzy going on at that time in Chicago and in um, Seattle and other places. And that model is completely out the window for most people. So the the good news is that everybody is entrepreneurial in music, except for except for Beyonce <laughs> and a few other people. But, but for most of us, you do, have to, you do have to figure out what you're trying to do. You have to figure out what metrics are important to you and what metrics aren't. And, and realistically, what your budget is, how much you can put in and how much you expect to get out. So there's, there's so much fear of failure. There's so much fear of criticism, not doing the right thing, things like that. How do you get past all of that and just be yourself? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, I think that if you are making something that is of value and you see the value in it, for sure you have an audience out there. For, and I think that that's the, the thing to, to remember is that your, your goal is to connect to your people connect to your tribe. You don't have to connect to everybody. You don't have to connect to your neighbors. It might not even be your family members. But if you are doing a thing that is genuinely 
on some level, maybe on just an acorn level, but it is excellent. And there's a reason why you're doing it. There's going to be somebody out there in the world that needs, that is going to be eager to find you. So you have to aim for the people who are looking for you. That's awesome. Um, all right. So is there anything as a final note and stuff that you would like to um, tell the listeners? Um, we yeah. will be putting your links in the description as far as how they can listen to you, how they can purchase your record, um, those type of things and stuff, how they can connect with you. Um, what else of value would you like to leave? So, yeah, well, if, if you're still listening to this podcast, thank you so much for, for uh, <laughs> listening to the end. Um, and, yeah, I guess I would say in terms of advice or whatever, I just think whatever it is that you do, keep doing it and don't stop. That is my advice. I think that is a key thing um, is that – and, and there are many reasons why you can stop doing your thing. The reasons might be external. It might be – that you know your your job situation changes or you move or different things happen or they may be internal like you tell yourself that you suck or you tell yourself that it's not good enough or these things these conversations that go on inside and i think that the thing is don't listen to your negative talk you know you have to maneuver your internal and you have to also work around the external so find your way. Keep keep on a daily basis. Keep finding your way. Keep recording on YouTube, if nothing else, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Hannah. I appreciate your time, and um, we will get with the or I will get back with my podcast and stuff soon. And that does it for today's episode of What the Fox. Thank you for listening. I look forward to um, your next listen and the next time that I actually post and go live. Um, so um, keep listening. I'm going to try to get a little more consistent with this.